remember to check out Digitally Interrupted every Thursday on YouTube and all podcast and streaming platforms. Follow us on social media platforms at Digitally Interrupted. You are now listening to the number one podcast. You have been Digitally Interrupted. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Digitally Interrupted. I am your host. Mr. I am digital and today we have a special guest. We have Miss Barbara Brigoli. And just to give you guys a little background of Miss Brigoli, let's start with uh, Dr. Phil and the famous catch line catch me outside. So if you put those two together, you do have the mom of Danielle Brigoli, popularly known as Bad Baby. So Miss Brigoli, I want to thank you first of all for coming on today and being a guest. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. No, it's not a problem. Not a problem. So I am going to get the toughest question out the way right now. So the first question is, what is the biggest misconception that people have of you of being a mom of a celebrity by the name of Bad Baby? I think the biz- the, the, the biggest misconception is that um, I put my daughter on that show for fame. And not to get her help. Fame was never even um, a thought in my mind. Um, and my daughter was on a very bad path, hanging out with the wrong kind of people. And um, I had reached out to Dr. Phil for three years prior to that. And it wasn't until I sent in, um, I, like I sent him an email and telling him how she stole my car, which happened to have been at the time a 2015 Dodge Challenger. So, um, and then I guess it was, it was so enticing to him that, um, they decided to have me on the show. What their, um, what their reasoning was, I have no idea. What mine was, was to save my daughter's life. So, you know, I can't speak for them. I did not choose the, um, the title of the show, which was, I want to give up my knife wheeling, credit card stealing. I didn't choose that title. In fact, I wasn't told about that title until I was sitting um, downstairs waiting to go on stage. Wow. So, you know, at, at that point, what, what do you do? I'm like, you know, fuck it. I just need to, to, to um, I need to get my daughter help. I'm going to do whatever I have to do at this point, you know. Um, you know, I was only, um, a, let's see, 2014, 15. I was only less than two years into my second battle of breast cancer. So I was kind of really weak. So I needed some kind of form of help. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, right. So like I said, what their intentions were, were totally not what my intentions were. So, you know, when, and, and you know, what's crazy is it's like, you know, a lot of people would say, well, if you went to, you know, you, if you went on there to save her life, then, you know, how is the music and the music industry saving a life? But what I think a lot of people don't really understand is, that it did in a sense you know it, it well no 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 see that's where it, it no what happened was when i put her on the show she was sent away to um a behavioral ranch for six months see that's okay. what people don't realize it wasn't like oh i took my daughter on the show and she came home that day no i right. took my daughter on the show i went back to florida she went to utah escalante utah okay. from from august until january so um yeah i saved her life and got her away from these you know, just bad crowd of people. Right. right. So that that's what it was. It, it, and when Danielle came out, um, you know, she, I, she you know, remember, she, 
when Daniel was in this facility, she had no means of social media. Right. They don't get computers. They don't. She didn't even get to talk to me on the phone. We had to write letters to each other for six months. It's like it's like incarcerating so, your kid. Pretty much, right? But you, yeah. you, you don't. You know, there's a lot of things on that ranch now that you know Daniel's, you know, advocating for, right. um, to close it and stuff like that. But uh, you don't know what it's like. Your 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 goal is just to save your child. Like right, you, right. you just want you know to save your child. And um, so when she got out. I gave her back a phone and she's like, she goes on Instagram. She's like, mom, why are there these memes with my, with, with my face on it? Like there's t-shirts and, and cups and catch me outside. Like Danielle had never said that. That was the first time she ever said that was on that show. Right. It's not like she said it every day. It was just, it, you know, and, and Danielle wasn't acting. There was no acting being done by Danielle. There was no acting being done by me. It was just us being us. In fact, Dr. Phil wanted us well not i shouldn't say dr phil whoever was directing the show said mm -hmm. oh you know i'd like you and your mom to argue and i'm thinking what right. the fuck what's right. going on here yeah. me and my mother never spoke really it was really danielle talking and danielle was just being danielle yeah, and and i think and i think that that's why she attracted so many people because danielle's very talented and unfortunately you don't you know when you think about how many models were were, were discovered back in the day in like pharmacies or walking down the street or you know whatever you don't know until you know what i mean like like how many rappers became actors marky right. mark for example he was a rapper yep. phenomenal actor yep. ice cube ice tea you know i mean you don't know you start at one thing and then you end up doing something else like it just she went on that show and and her her true her came out and it's not like i was out there looking for an agent for my kid Someone contacted me and said, hey, uh, listen, I've seen your daughter, and I'd really like to work with you guys. And I said, if you can make my daughter a millionaire and secure the rest of her life, we could talk about it. Right. And, and by the time my daughter, by the time of the, the, the end of the year, 2017, my daughter was a millionaire at the age of 13. There you go. 14, yeah. There so, you go. yeah. You know, and I, I, you know, I would say, first of all, congrats to you as a parent, you know, just holding it down, I would say. Because, you know, a lot of people would have just kind of broken half. You know, sometimes a lot of parents just kind of like disappear, you know, because they don't want to be involved. But, you know, I want you to give a little background of yourself. Like, you know, where are you from? And, you know, you know where do you come from? So I come from Brooklyn, New York. Um, born and bred. Um, a neighborhood by Kings Plaza. So I, I, think it's, I, think it's, I, I think it's considered South Brooklyn, where okay. I come from. And, um, you know... Went to high school, um, graduated high school, started out at Kingsborough College, you know, um, worked in Manhattan. Um, and then in, um, I'd say the early 90s, probably like 1991, I was in a very long relationship and it was going south and I was just very distorted over it. And a friend of mine lived in Florida. She's like, come down. Came down and I never went back. Um, gave up a great job in the city. Um, ended up, you know, I was a private banker for... Uh, Chase Manhattan Bank, and then I was able to get hired from Chase in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, and um, so I continued my career in that, uh, and then uh, bought my first condo at the age of 24. Nice. Um, by the time I was 30, I owned two of them, one in North Palm and one in Boca. Um, you know, I uh, decided to go back to school. I ended up getting um, three college degrees, one while I was pregnant with Danny, one while I was going through breast cancer treatments. I've had breast cancer twice. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm just, 
you know, my, my beginnings are just humble. I didn't come from money. I didn't come, I came from an amazing neighborhood where, you know, I grew up, you know, I was born in the sixties. I grew up really as a teenager in the eighties, which was the, probably the most phenomenal time to grow up, you know, family was family values were values. And, um, nightlife in Manhattan was amazing. It was just a great time to be a kid. It was a great time. I, you know, there was no social media. There was no phones. There was no, um, stabbing each other in the back to, 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 to sell a story to TMZ. Right. You know, we take my friends and I, we take our shit to the grave. We're friends still to today. You know, um, kids that I went to kindergarten with at five, I'm still at 53. I'm still friends with them today. Nice. You, you don't make friendships like that. Kids don't make friendships like that no more. There's no longevity in friendships because everyone's ready to stab you in the back. And so Yeah, you know, and I think it's like when you say humble beginnings, I think it's rare that we ever get people that will actually admit, you know, they're coming from those humble beginnings. Because, you know, as, you know, fame comes along, you don't you don't want people to really know that, you know, sometimes you came from this humble beginning, even though it's kind of the storyline that everybody likes to toss around. And, you know, I, I appreciate you, you know, for even staying in that realm of just being yourself and being transparent in this industry because it gets very ugly. So, um, so what I really wanted to know was, you know, after you had Danielle, like this is day one, you know, what was your mission at this point? Oh, okay. So, um, I was, I actually just was finished graduating school with my bachelor's degree. I, um, resigned from my job. I decided to retire and raise my daughter. Um, and I was just going to give her the best life I could. I had sold my two condos, so I had money in the bank. Um, and I was just going to do what I had to do. And, uh, within, I, I decided, you know, me and her father would, were trying to like work it out for her. And within, um, a few months I became a single mom and I still didn't work. I still continued to do what I had to do for her. And, um, I moved to New York for a little while, then moved back to Florida because New York was just too, it wasn't the New York that I left. Right. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're Italian Catholic. So it was very important that, you know, she was baptized and, um, you know, she did her sacraments. Um, but unfortunately when she was, um, four and a half, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So that took a, you know, a huge toll on her being so young and, you know, be me being a single mom going for treatments and, um, you know, caring for my kid. Um, my parents, I, 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 I'm very fortunate to have the family that I do between my parents who happen to live in Florida too. And, um, just my family and friends were amazing through this whole thing. Um, her father had never been involved in her life. Um, so I raised her alone. He didn't surface again until she became famous. Right. Right. And, you know, before we even go there, cause we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go there, but I definitely want people to know, you know, the strength that you have as this parent because you talk about breast cancer and you know, there are a lot of moms who can relate to this. And, you know, I just want you to kind of, if for people that don't know, you know, the process, the treatments, the appointments, can you talk about that a little bit? Because you said you beat it twice. So, yes. you know, so just talk about the beginnings and the ends to that. So the first time I was diagnosed June 27th, um, 2007, um, I had a rare type. It was, um, it was just under two centimeters. It was 1.8 centimeters of, um, lobial in carcinoma. 
and on, underneath it, I had pre-cancer on top of the invasive cancer. So I had a lumpectomy. Um, I was, I, and they were, it took a very long time, several months to decide whether I was going to need chemo and radiation or just radiation. Mm-hmm. It turned out that I ended up just needing 36 radiation treatments. And on October 31st of 2007 was my last radiation treatment. It takes a lot out of your body because you're very tired from the radiation. Radiation is very, it's very tiresome. And, you know, the whole process of getting bone scans and radiation put inside your areolas. I mean, it's, it's, you got to be strong. And I, 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 I can, I commend any little child that has to go through this because I know how hard it was for me as an adult to see children go through cancer because I know those tests are brutal. It's brutal. Right. Um, but I did it alone. You know, I took my daughter to daycare every day. I'd go for my treatments, go home and lay down, then pick her up. Um, again, my mom really helped me a lot because my arm got very badly injured because uh, it was so close under my arm my tumor right. that when you take out, you know, they always test your um, lymph nodes mm-hmm. and my nerves were damaged. So I had a lot of injuries to my right arm and I'm a righty. So um, there was things I couldn't do. I can't, couldn't do a hair. My mom would help me out a lot. Uh, it's just, it's, um, you know, uh, let me say this too. I, I, you know, I was very fortunate not to have to raise my daughter, like in an apartment on, on the system. Like I said, I had money, um, and I, I come from a good family. And I also had a house. I, I owned a home. So, uh, you know, I was I, I was probably more fortunate than a lot of other people that have it, um, that are really, really struggling financially, and that don't have family support. Right. Um, and then, you know, a lot of these single moms, they, they, they're young. I wasn't young. I was grown. I was grown. Um but still, any kind of any kind of ailment, illness is, is rough on you. And it was rough on her. I didn't know if I was going to need chemo. So I didn't know if my hair was going to fall out. And here's my daughter with this this long, 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 long hair. And at the time, I was very skinny. I, I was probably like 84 pounds, and I had long hair myself. Um, but, you know, we, we made it through it. We made it through it. Um, I started being an assistant teacher uh, for religious instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going, and I did that until obviously 2017, and then I I stopped doing it. So I did it from I think she was seven until 2017. And so, you know, with with you know beating it now, this is the first time you beat it, correct? And right, that time. was the first. Okay. That was the first. The second time was just a, it was just like a food thing. I was going for my you know, I had normally when you hit your five year mark, they say you're good to go. You know, mm-hmm. you, you congratulations, you you're good five years. I was like, all right, me and my oncologist is like, okay, it's time to part ways. Nice knowing you. I'm done. Go to get a mammogram. On the opposite side, I'm Mr. Goalie. Can you go home and get your films? I was like, I knew it right then and there. I had it. Yeah. I knew it wasn't good. Right. And um, you know, I was very fortunate to have a very amazing um, gynecologist in Florida. He had been my doctor for many many years. He also came from Brooklyn, so we, we had a really great friendship, and he was on the board at Bethesda Hospital. He got me right in the next day to see a breast surgeon. It takes months. I was in the next day. This was in October. October, I think it was October 14, 2000. October, yeah, I think it might have been October, November 7, 2014, I was diagnosed. 
January 8th, 2015, I had surgery. A week before my a week before my um, 47th birthday, I had surgery. They wanted to do it on my birthday. I was like, can you do it the week before? I kind of don't want to be, you know, right. have surgery on my birthday. Um, so, yeah. So, and that one, I had a totally different cancer. I had DCIS, which was ductal and carcinoma in site two with a different type of cancer. I had four different types of cancer, believe it or not, two, two different on each side. So, Wow. Um, and then Danielle at that time was now 11. So now she was older and it was like, oh my God, you know, when she was four, it was different. Now when she's 11, am I going to lose my mom? Am I going to lose my only parent? Right, right, right. right. So I, I think it's at that point is when the anger really, really started. Right. Yeah. I could you know? imagine. Yeah. I could imagine that though, you know, and you know, as a, as a parent, me being a parent myself, I can only imagine what your thoughts are. Because, you know, your next question is, if something was to happen, like, what happens to my kid, you know? Right. And that's so, always so, the question. Right. But I was very blessed. I had made my my, my sister and my brother-in-law her godparents. Mm -hmm. And early on, um, I had signed um, papers that if anything happened to me, they would get custody of her. Because since 2004, I had sole custody and, uh, of my daughter. So I was the only decision maker in her life gotcha. from from the beginning. So, um, yeah, so I had already, before I even got sick, I had already made arrangements of, you know, God forbid anything happened to me, this is what I was going to do. Right. And so let's talk about, you know, because this is something I always wanted to talk to, you know, single moms about. <clears throat> so, you know, you're a single mom, you know, dad is not involved, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about the pros and the cons, because there's always pros and cons. So in your situation. Were there any pros with being a single mom? Yeah, not dealing with um, another parent with um, timeshare splitting. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I hear these horrible stories about you know parents arguing in front of the kids. And don't get me wrong, this man gave me a run for my money, but it had to do with money. It right. had nothing to do with my daughter. It was just you know he was not a good person, and he was doing not so good things to people and lying and stuff like that. He got busted for doing that. And, uh, you know, he was going to make me pay because, you know, I knew about it. Right. But, um, you know, I no none of that half time here, half time there. I didn't have to deal with any of that bullshit. She was raised Catholic. Her, you know, I call him my, her sperm donor. Cause that's just what he was. He was just a sperm donor. He did nothing else for her. Um, and, um, uh, so I, I, I didn't have to deal with that. She was raised Catholic. You know, if my daughter had to go to the doctor, I didn't have to worry about somebody. Oh, can I take it to the doctor? I didn't have to do that. Right. He said in court that day, Your Honor, it's in the child's best interest. The mother has sole custody. And he couldn't have done that any better because in the state of Florida, they really shoot for um, shared parental responsibility. Right, 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 right. So, um, you know, I was just talking to someone today about that. Yeah, I have, you know, when I give the kids to his dad, he says such negative things about me. I said, I'm so blessed I didn't have to deal with that. And that's so crazy. And, you know, now the cons of that. Now, do you feel like that has, you know, has did that affect you and Danielle's relationship, you know, at because of that or it didn't even matter at that point? Um, You know, when when you're a single mom and remember, I only had one kid. A lot of times it's different when you have more than one kid. You know, I was a single mom to one child. You know, it was Danny and I were a team. Right. You know, everything was Danny and I. You know, um, as I did date 
I really didn't date a lot. Like if, if I was out and, and, um, my mom was like, Danny's crying. She wants you to come home. I left and I went home. I didn't take other people, other things as priorities over Danny. Right. You know what I mean? You know, Danny loved going to New York. I had, you know, my, my, my grandmother, she was very close to my family. So my mom would take her to New York a lot. Um, you know, we'd go to New York for the summers, um, and spend it in Brooklyn with my grandmother. Um, so it was just me and Danny, always me and Danny, me and Danny, you know, we were the team. So, um, and again, she really never asked about him. Um, and then when she got older, she just started doing her own research and did things. So, gotcha. and you know, so now that we, you've kind of like gone along the timeline. So now, as you said that, you know, she was getting with the wrong crowd and stuff was going on. When did you feel at that time that your parents in, you know, in your parents in, you know, world, did you feel like, all right, now it's time to get help. I can't do this all by myself now. So, um, you know, Danny had a lot of problems in schools. And, and the reason why Danny had a lot of problems in school is Danny's a very pretty girl. Danny had this amazing hair that was real. It was no extensions, no nothing. And, you know, girls were very jealous of her. And it was a problem. So she had, you know, Danny was gifted. Danny was in a gifted program in school. So, so schools were a struggle, and someone recommended me sending out to this all-girls school. And I sent her there, and little did I know it was for troubled girls. I was misled. Hey. And she, she attached to this one girl who was obviously from, you know, a very dysfunctional upbringing. It wasn't, I never blame it on the child, um, you know, because sometimes there's, there's circumstances of why they are the way they are. Um, and I think, I think it's easier for a girl when the dad's not in the picture than it is for a girl when the mom's not in the picture and this girl's mom hadn't been in the picture. Right. I tried to take this kid under my wing. Actually, her and Danielle were twins. Everyone thought they were both my daughters. They looked identical to each other. Wow. You know, if I went shopping for Danny, mom, my daughter would go, mom, can you get, you know, so-and-so something? And I'd say, sure. And I'd take them both shopping. They dressed the same and everything like that. I used to buy food for her all the time or do whatever I had to do, drive her to school if she had to go. Um, but little did I know she was stealing from my house, stealing from me, mm. um, making my daughter steal from me because, see, see, she was wise enough. This girl had been a prostitute, little did I know. She was a prostitute since she was eight years old. Mm. And she would, she would traffic girls. She was human trafficking other teenage girls. Gotcha. And I was very lucky she never did that to Danny because it would have been the end of that girl. Seriously, it would have been, it would truly been the end of that girl. By the way, the girl's in prison right now, so that just tells you something. Um, uh, but so, you know, I, I I didn't know the things that were going on. And then um, every time I would keep Danny from her, Danny would run away. Right. So sometimes I just had to do what I had to do as a parent and, and let her go and know where she was. Um, and then I put her on the show, and then that was that. Yeah, so, you know, for, for for the parents that don't understand that transition to where you think you're going to put your child in one thing and then something else just totally comes out of it, how did you handle, you know, such a big change in such a short period of time? I mean, it wasn't quick. It seemed like it took about a year after the show for everything to kind of, like, blow up like it did. You know, well, how, did, how did you handle it? No, it actually didn't. What happened was, so she blew up. She was, 
Danny was in the facility already blew up because the show aired in September and she had already been a meme that whole time. Again, we ne- neither one of us knew about it because we weren't on social media at that time. Right. And um, the end of January, I was contacted by a young gentleman named Adam Pluger. Mm-hmm. And he ended up becoming her manager. And it was just like, okay, let's just make this girl an influencer. And then, you know, they knew Adam and, and he brought on another gentleman named uh, Dan Roof. And Dan lived down in California and Adam lived in Florida. Right. So, but Dan's originally from Florida, ironically. And um, so we would come out here to, Florida, to California. We'd be back in Florida and everything else. And um, they just knew someone at Warner Music. Atlantic Records, and they're like, hey, let's put this kid in the studio. And that was it. That was it. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to become a rap. That's not how it was. That's not how it was. They just said, hey, Dan, put you in a studio. And she got in that booth, and, and they were blown away. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people, like, you know, get that misconception. They just think that, you know, she wanted to be that way, and that was something that she chose. And, no. you, you know, and it's I'm, I'm actually glad that you're able to clear that up. Um, you know, well, that's what I mean. There's so much, this is what I'm trying to say. I love, I love when I hear the stories. Oh, well, you know, her mother did this. How the fuck you know more than me? How the fuck you know about my life? You don't know shit about me. You don't know what I had before my kid became famous. I did not, my daughter didn't retire me. You know, I wasn't living, you know, you don't know nothing about me. Nothing. But they want to believe they do. They're so angry that they don't have the life. Or they're so mad that they, this couldn't be for them. Listen, hey, God has a path for all of us. I truly, truly believe in that. And I think your destiny is what God wants you to. So this was my daughter's destiny. Right. And there's, there's been a lot of bumpy roads along the way. I mean, last year, didn't I put her away again? I don't, I don't fuck around when it comes to my daughter's life. Ain't no money. Ain't no shit worth that to me. And, and just, to, just to clear one more thing up, mm-hmm. I don't have my kids' money. My daughter's money is my daughter's money. I'm not, you know, I was a 1% owner in her company, and I resigned. I resigned because I refused to take money from my daughter. I refused to. So and I resigned. From and I think that speaks volumes, too, because, you know, it says as a parent that you can do it on your own. You know what I mean? And I think that where we know that a lot of parents – they want their kids to get into this industry not because it's something that their kids want to do. It's just kind of like a meal ticket. Right, exactly. Yeah, you see that with a lot of young, you know, and remember, I was a private banker, so I was really big on I want my daughter to have a trust fund. And when you're a child star, one thing that they're very adamant about is having a Coogan Trust, right? which was which was created for Uncle Festa from the Adams family whose parents stole all his money as a kid. Yep. So I was really all for that. Now, you know, I don't manage my daughter's money. I have money managers to do that. Could I manage it? Yeah, because my job was the same thing money managers do. But that's a conflict of interest. You know, when, when Danny first became famous, we sat in a meeting and I said, I looked at everybody. I said, okay, you're the lawyer. You're the manager. You're the security. And then there's me. I'm not going to step on all, any of your toes. Don't damn fucking try to step on mine. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to have a say in everything that goes on because she's a minor. But you know better than I do. And we'll take it from there. But you will never step on my toes as a mother. And yeah. that's how it's been. And I've made enemies along the way. But you know what? It's okay. Because my job is to not be friendly to people. My job is to protect my daughter. And to protect what's in her best interest. And that's what I'm always going to do. 
totally right. And let's and then let's talk about, you know, being, you know, the mo- you know, being this parent now in this industry. What has changed for you personally from, you know, being just a single mom, you know, to now you have a child star? Like what changed for you as a parent? Well, I had to give up I had to give up my life. Like I had to give up everything I knew to to let her follow her dream. You know, I had to spend time out in California, which I'm not a big fan of California. I had to leave my parents. I had to leave my friends. I used to volunteer with the mentally ill in Florida. Um, I was a guardian advocate for the state of Florida. I had to give that up, you know. And Danielle becoming famous, you know, you had all these people coming out of the woodwork saying negative things and actually, you know, trying to destroy my group. I've never been arrested. I don't have a criminal record. I have always been an upstanding citizen. I you know, volunteered at the police station. I was like, um, kind of like, um, a reserve police officer. That's actually how I met, um, the sperm donor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I had a great life. I had a great life. And, um, you know, I, 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 I say, you know, God, put, again, God put you on a path. You know, I was very fortunate that I could give Danielle this opportunity. I didn't have other children. I didn't have a husband. There was no interference. I could get up and go with her. You know, so we have our house in Florida, you know, and then we had a place out here and then we'd go back and forth and split our time um, as her, uh, her her career went on. You know, I was able to go on tour with her and tour the, con- tour, the, tour, the, tour the world with her. Again, not many parents, you know, sometimes parents have to take turns doing that. I got to do it. Right. I got to do it. But the downside was I had to give up my life. You know, I don't date. I don't date, and I haven't dated. I don't date. Um, Danielle has always been my priority, especially these last four years with her career. I don't need someone in my life sidetracking me of what's important to her. There's nobody in my life more important than her. There'll always be time for me. You know, she's 18 now. There's always time for me, but that time I can never get back of her. And now do you find now, you know, I know their parents out there like, you know, you know, it shouldn't be that hard dating you're in an industry where it should be easy to date. Now, do you find it harder for you? Like now, besides Dane, besides Danny, is it hard? Do you kind of not trust a lot of people? And that is like, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't trust people because do you want to be in my life because who my kid is? Or do you want to be in my life because who I am? But you know what? I have to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I had such an amazing upbringing going to clubs. I don't do that now. Okay. I don't go out. I don't, you know, I don't go club and I, I don't do any of that. I don't go bar hop. I don't, I don't do any of that. So if I was to be, to meet somebody, it would probably be through somebody. I, I just, but at this point in my life, I really don't have any desire because I don't need another, I don't, I don't, I don't want to raise somebody. You know what I mean? If that person doesn't come into my life, uh, you know, as an equal, I, I don't need you. I, I don't. I've had bad experiences in dating and, and people being not who they say they are. Before she became famous, that you know. Um, now it just it's pretty. I, it's probably I'm, much easier now to do it. Yeah, and you know what? I'm 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 very secure in my own self. Like a lot of people can't be alone. Right. You know, you see people there in one relationship, they get out there right now. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I enjoy coming home to my nights quietness by myself. I'm good. Like I I'm secure in myself like that. Okay. So. Yep. And and then you know. Now that, you know, we've gone past now that she's blown up, she's doing a thing. And then out of nowhere, we see uh, her dad come out of nowhere. 
Yeah. What was now? Did that? Did that one kind of like slap you in the face, kind of like off guard, or did you kind of expect it? No, it did. It did, and and it wasn't only that; it was the lies he told. It was the lies upon lies upon lies. You know, I'm in the middle of of, of writing a book. Okay. You know, and like, so my book will have not just tales; it will have the receipts to prove what I talk about. Listen, at the end of the day, there's no reason for me to lie because the leopard never changes their spots, and a person can never tell the same lie twice. If you ask me what happened back in uh, 2003, I'm going to tell you because I don't have to lie. You know, and I don't gain nothing from it. You know what I mean? I wasn't out there, you know, my daughter became famous and he's out there making all these, you know, uh, going on TV and, and doing all these stories. What the fuck? I didn't do none. I didn't do right. none. I, I think during Danielle's entire career and a, several of the interviews were with her, I might have done one or two without her. I do not do interviews. I do not. Because I do not like anyone talking negative about my kid or coming sideways at me. So I don't do interviews. There's, I, I, there's no, I don't need to. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to. Right. I don't need to justify anything. I don't need to explain anything. You know, now it's past that, you know. And one of the reasons why I agree to do it, you know, you're a New Yorker, you know. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't mind, you know, telling the positive things. Let me tell you something. There's not all positive about fame. More money, more problems, more bullshit, more liars, more, you know, individuals trying to scam you, you know. And at the end of the day, that New York is always going to come back in my head, you know. And I just, I watch out now. Whether my daughter wants to always listen to me because she's a strong-minded young girl, right. I'm still going to tell her how it is because that's how I come from. That's where I come from. So, so yeah, so now, is there any advice that you would give to a parent who wants this for something that you didn't expect to happen. There are parents that are pushing for this and they want it so bad for their kid. Can you give them the pro? Well, let's give them the cons first. What are the, okay. what is the bad the side cons, of this? The cons are social media is evil. Social media is evil. You got bullies straight. You got kids, you know, you got bullies out there that these kids are actually, the, it, 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 it fucks with their minds. You know, it fucks with their mental state. You got them saying cruel things about kids, you know, lies about kids. And it hurts. It hurts just because someone else is jealous. So there's a lot of, you know, it, me and my daughter could be out. And someone could take a picture and say, oh, look what they're doing. And, and we're not even doing that. You know what I mean? It's social media is evil. It's evil. And if you're, you want your kid to get into that, you need to really think long and hard because, you know what? Sometimes it's just not worth the money. You know, uh, it's really not. My daughter wasn't a social media person. Yeah, in the beginning, but my daughter has, you know, I have gold and platinum records sitting in my house. That's what she's about. She's in the studio all the time. She has a studio in her house. She's in the studio all the time cutting records. You know, the pandemic slowed her up a little bit. She had a tour last year. She had to give up in Australia. Um, but do, it, as a parent, if this is what you want, Think about it. Think about, is this what your kid wants or you want? You know, you know, a lot of parents become their kids' managers. And listen, if, if that works for you, that's great. I didn't know the business, and I wasn't going to be my daughter's manager. It's, you know, yeah, you get a certain percentage, but I didn't need that percentage. Again, I'm, I'm not about the money. I'm not. People might think I am, but I'm not. You know, I'm not sitting out there. My daughter has a $300,000 uh, Bentley Flying Spur she just bought for her birthday. She's like, Ma? Then yours will be delivered next. I said, no. I got a 2017 Camaro. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's what I drive. Right. 
that that shows the that, humble side though that's like that humble right but but i don't disrespect any other parent that that wants that bentley more power mm-hmm. to them i mean i'm gonna get a bentley i'm not getting a brand new one when i you know my, my bentley will stay in florida because we have so many cars out in california i'm gonna you know i want cars in florida too i only have a few of them out there um but i would just think don't do it for you and and and, and really surround yourself with a very positive team because don't trust lawyers. They're scumbags. I have yeah. a paralegal. I can say that. I have a lot of legal lawyer friends. Um, watch accountants. I have an amazing money manager, but it took me a long time to find this specific money manager to manage my daughter's money. We have a great relationship because they see how I am about her money. I, I monitor everything. Um, you got to surround yourself with a great team. It's, it's all about the team. It's all, all right. about the team. And I think, I think that's key, too, that you mentioned, too, is just constantly monitoring. Because a lot yeah. of people just don't care. Like, they're just like, I know it's coming in, and I'm just taking from it. Right, right. You know, you know, uh, you know there, there, there's these young kids out there that are social medias. And when you're a social media, you don't need a cooking trust. So no one's monitoring. You don't need, uh, I think, a work permit or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, right. you're an artist or an actress, you do. So these parents are out there literally spending every dollar that they can make. Yep. And that kid, I think it's okay now, but when they get older, there's nothing there for them. There's nothing there for them. My daughter has a substantial, sub friggin' substantial cool and trust on top of the money she earns on a regular basis. Okay? I, my, I'm arguing with my daughter probably more than anything because I think she overspends, you know, on herself, on herself. Um, so I have to sometimes check her, and she's like, you're not going to check me. I'm 18. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give you my, my advice on this. So anyway, so parents really need to think about why they're doing it. You know, oh, I want to make my kid a model. Oh, I want my kid to become an actor and actress. It's long hours. You know, they don't have the same friends. Again, are your friends ever going to be your friends because they like you, or are they going to be your friends because you're famous? Right. Yeah. Talk about it. You, you know what I mean? It's, and, and again, to me, the biggest thing is I see my daughter sometimes get so upset. Ma, they think my hair is fake. Ma, they think I had surgery. Ma, they think, I'm like, God, man, I, you know, I'm always battling and going to war because you're, you're a fucking idiot. These people are fucking idiots. Right. Straight fucking idiots. And, it, you know, it's one thing when I hear from kids. When I hear from ignorant fucking adults, if you were in my fucking face, would you say the same fucking thing? Because I might be small in stature, but I'll knock the fuck out of you. Or if you knock me down, I'm still going to come back the fuck up. And I'm going to come back up until you definitely knock me the fuck down. Yeah. Because uh, so, yeah. like I, I, I definitely come, see you on there, like, defending your kid. Like, I definitely see yeah, you. Yeah. Don't time. come for my – the funniest thing is someone will say, oh, your daughter's this. I'll say, and your fucking kid's ugly. Oh, my God, how can you say that about a child? Bitch, you just said it about mine. Right. Right. You don't yep. want, I, I, I think kids are off limits, but you come for mine, I'm coming for your mother, I'm coming, I will do my fucking research, let me tell you something, I should have been a private investigator, I will hunt your fucking family, I will find out everything about your fucking family, everything, and then I'll put it on the fucking internet. Oh, we've seen it. Well, exactly, and then they're like, you know, in my private DMs, oh my god, why are you doing this, oh my god, bitch, you came for me, you came for me, right. I'm coming right back at, but when I come, I come tenfolds over. Yeah, I think, and I think, and I don't crazy, stop. And I think what's crazy is, is that she was a minor at the time that these yep. people were coming for. It's like it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, an adult, a fucking grown ass bitch. Why are you mad? Because my daughter has more money than you. Yeah. I just see men. Oh, your daughter's this. Your daughter's. I, 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 do me a favor. Go back and tell that fucking girl she should have swallowed instead of making any babies with you. Okay. What, what do you want me to say? <laughs> I'm, I'm vicious. 
Let me tell you something. My grandmother used to say, if she had a quarter for every time I said fuck in my house, in her house, I should say, she would have been a rich woman. <laughs> I don't hold my tongue. I have, I know when to speak and when not to speak. Like I said, I've been a banker. I did, I did, um, I, I was in law enforcement. I, I volunteered in that. You know, I worked, I volunteered for the courts. I know how to act. Right. But when it comes to my kid, there's no bar holes. I'll cut your fucking throat and pour the fucking vinegar down. And I won't think twice about doing it either. <clears throat> well, y'all guys heard that. Um, so there is, um, I guess, I guess like the last two questions would be, I know people were, oh, I, a lot of people when I posted in the story, they were just all, you know, hit me in the DM and they was like, yo, can you ask for this? Can you ask for that? So I'm just going to ask you some questions. Okay. And I guess you can say yes or no. Okay. Yes or no. Simple. So was, let's clarify it one more time for people. Was Dr. Phil fake? No. All right. Do you approve? So somebody asked me, they said, do you approve of your daughter having a OnlyFans account? Um, she's 18. She's 18. That's yep. all I could say. That, that's, that's a good enough answer. Yeah. So she's an adult. She can make her own decisions. Correct. Um, are you in her, you know, arguments, are those real? Absolutely. A hundred. We just had one four o'clock this morning. A hundred and ten percent. Nothing of those are ever fake. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, are you, are you yourself looking to do some type of TV production, social media, uh, you know, uh, I guess like TV network type stuff? No, I mean, if someone came to me, I would think about it. You know, I, I always, you know, I, I do a lot of cooking and right. I post and they're like, oh, I wish you could do a YouTube, but I would do it more for, for that, for like fun. I never set out there. I'm, listen, again, this, this, this isn't my limelight. This is my daughter's limelight. If you ever watched, you know, when we had the series Bringing Up Baby or when my daughter's mm-hmm. ever interviewed, yep. I'm never out there in the camera. I'm always in the back. It's not my, it's not my light to shine. It's her light. I like that. Yeah, I like that. But you know, I always say follow your dream too. As a parent, parents have dreams. Oh, I'm, I'm my, my dream is to move to Italy. That's my dream, <laughs> and to, to to raise vegetables in my garden. That's my dream. My dream is not to get this line of work. I mean, like I said, if someone came to me and said, "Hey, listen, I want to pitch this to you," and I'm like, "Ah, right, let's check it out," but but it's not something I'm I'm um exploring. Okay, that's hey, that's good enough. You know, so if anybody out there listening, you can pitch, but is it gonna happen? You might not know. Um, (laughs) so, um, is there any way that, you know, I don't know if you want to put your social media out there because I know you're very private with your, uh, social media. So do you want to, uh, let people know how they can, you know, follow your, uh, you know, follow your Oh yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah, I mean my, you know, I'm, 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 you know, uh, what is that? I got my little blue check mark. So I'm verified on Instagram. Um, don't ask me what my Instagram name is because I don't know what I think it's Barbara underscore Ann underscore (laughs) I don't even know. Um, That's funny. I, yeah, I really, I don't know. You know, I have a Twitter account um, that I very rarely use, and I have um, a, what do you call it, a TikTok that okay. I post on. But I don't, you know, wait, let me see what my, oh, yeah, it's the underscore Barbara underscore Brigoli. That's yeah. my Instagram. And the TikTok is Barbara Brigoli, too. Okay. So those really are the only two um, pages that I, I, I'm on. Um, but yeah, but, but don't, don't be sending me any messages that are negative because 
it don't, it don't, it won't end well. <laughs> now I already know. Like, listen, I think I think they got uh, a, a gist of that. And if you didn't, please go back <laughs> and listen to this interview one more time if you didn't understand why she just said that. So, um, you know, once again, you know, I I definitely want to thank you, you know, for taking your time coming out on the show, you know, giving us this interview because, like I said, I think that. You know, there are a lot of misconceptions of, of you and your daughter, you know, and instead of me and I, and it be it could be easy for me to say, oh, let me interview your daughter. But at the same time, I just feel like she has to be who she is to protect her brand and protect herself. But you as a mom, you could just give us the real, you know, and give us the positives, you know, because I think the negatives, it don't even matter, man. Like the negatives are just what they are. They're negative. You know, and I, I always like people to find the positivity in my interviews and I always want them to always leave off on a positive note. So I always I just appreciate you, you know, at any point in time, you're always welcome here on Digitally Interrupted. If there's anything that you ever want to, you know, ventilate about or address by all the means, you are always invited here to the house of Digitally Interrupted. I, I appreciate that. Let me let me just say one more thing, too. Yeah. For all those out there, you know, let me tell you something about being fans. Danny loves her fans. I love Danny's fans. But let me tell you something. Driving by my freaking house and stopping and taking pictures of my house and my car, that's a huge violation. You know, there's crazy people out there, and we have been contacted before by the FBI about stalkers with, with regards to Danny. Don't come to my house. Don't. My house is fully cameraed. Don't come to my house because you don't know what I carry inside. Just remember that. I stand my ground. Yeah, see, I thought people would be smarter than that, but obviously not. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But, um, you know, like I said, once again, man, you're always welcome here. You know, uh, thank you yeah, so much, Eric. I appreciate that. No, not a problem. And, you know, you know, you guys know where to check me out at. I am at Mr. I Am Digital or at Digitally Interrupted. You know, they catch me here every Thursday. So the next time we see y'all, I'm a hotline y'all. So have a good one, guys. Peace. You are now listening to the number one podcast. You have been digital. Interrupted. Remember to check out Digitally Interrupted every Thursday on YouTube and all podcast and streaming platforms. Follow us on social media platforms at Digitally Interrupted.